from CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, our people of the interwebs? We are here, CSG Podcast 107. Of course, I am Nate Timmons. With me, as always, Ross, hipster glasses, Martin. What up, morning? What up? Evening, what up, afternoon? Of course, Jeff Morton, he hails from Thornton, is in the house. Hey yo. Hey yo, what's up? Thornton got, uh... from, Morton from Thornton. Yeah, it always, you know. Morton from Thornton. Confuses me sometimes. Morton from Thornton. <clears throat> Mort Report. A lot of stuff to get into. We have the headlines, of course. We'll have the things Jeff believes to be true. We might talk a little Denver Broncos, a little Colorado Rockies, and of course, we'll probably figure out a way to sprinkle in some NBA talk as well. But let's just get started with those headlines, perhaps, eh, Ross? Straight into headlines, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, first headline, yeah, thinking about getting into NBA stuff. Uh-oh. This is from uh, some date, May 8th. May 8th, 2013, from the Associated Press. This actually is old news, obviously. Last week, we're in this very studio, and we were talking about George Carl. Here's the headline. George Carl of Denver Nuggets is NBA Coach of the Year. Obviously, all of the discussions about this have gone on and on and on. Nate Timmons, you wrote a fantastic column on ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Yes. As we're starting to venture into this little uh, uh, special, what is it, like feature piece things we're going to be doing on the podcast here? Yeah. Or excuse me, on the, on the, on the site, ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Um, and uh, what else can we say? I, I had uh, off the cuff last week said, I think George Carl should be coach of the year. I had no idea that uh, devoting or that was going to be announced the next day. Sure enough, I wake up the next morning. George Carl's Coach of the Year. I think it's rightfully deserved. And uh, what do you guys think? Did you have a headline for the other award the Nuggets got as well? Is I, it? No, I didn't prepare oh. one, but I did want to talk about it. Okay, because I don't want to bit. step on your toes. No, no. Masai Ujiri, correct? Yeah. He's Executive of the Year, executive Masai year. Ujiri. That's voted yeah. on. The coach is voted on by the media. Uh, executive voted on by other GMs, so that even maybe makes that a little more prestigious because you're being voted on by your peers, right? Always well, a nice award to have. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was thinking about how the coach of the year and the executive of the year are kind of – they kind of fly in the face of each other because who, which is it? Does did Masai Ujiri do such a good job as the general manager that it could overcome George Carl's misgivings and his uh, <laughs> his his uh, errors of his ways? Yeah. Or did George Carl? I mean, what does the Coach of the Year award mean? If it doesn't go to the coach who won the championship, what does it mean? It means they did the best they could with what they had. Yeah. Right. And what they had was the result of the uh, general manager and the executive in place. So it's interesting to think about how the media sees what George Carl did as phenomenal, uh, nearly unanimous, or was it unanimous? I think it might have been unanimous across the board, right? It was close. It wasn't unanimous. It wasn't? Okay. No. And then Masai Ujiri gets this award as voted on by peers, and it makes me wonder if the peers of – because frankly, the way I see it, whoever, if you're voting for Masai Ujiri, it means it's a vote against George Carl. That's the way you see it. That's the way I see it. You guys agree or? Well, are you saying that it's not symbiotic? 
you're not saying that's. I'm saying it's almost it should be it's almost mutually exclusive, because if you're the coach of the year, you did that with a ragtag group of uh, Mary misfits. <laughs> Mary well, band of you, misfits. That's what you heard from a lot of people too. I mean, Bill Simmons was like, "Man, if they didn't have George Carl, that team would be lucky to win 500 games." Well, that's what I. They're lucky to be 500. That's what I said. They won 500 games. Yeah, <laughs> you're sitting across from the guy who said that. Why? Why are you giving credit to Bill Simmons? I'm in the room. Come on. Bill Simmons copies me. We're talking about a guy that has a vote on this kind of thing. Wait, really? Bill Simmons has a vote on that? Indeed, sir. How disappointing is that? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah you have... It's very disappointing to but me. You heard, from, <laughs> you hear from various national writers like, oh, this team doesn't have a superstar. George did a great job. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, that's kind of where you get that <laughs> argument. So, I can, see, I can see the point for what you're making, though, Ross. I mean, that does make sense. It's like, how can you win both... But also, I can see Jeff's point where it's like, well, you know, yeah, you could win both. I was like, unaware that Jeff made a point yet. I said it's symbiotic. <laughs> I took that. Oh, you, you guys, you guys have taken the ball and run with it. I was just enjoying <laughs> your you two talking about this. Um, but you know, I, I tend to think they're hand in hand with this particular roster. With this particular roster, one works leads into the other, and I think that it was set up that way. You can almost say, like, wow, Masai really went and got the guys that yeah. would work well in George's system. Exactly. George coached those guys perfectly. So it's like, I'm going to give you... Wow, oh, perfect. Say, say, Ross, you have a unmolded lump of clay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Masai Ujiri presents to him the highest of quality uh, clay that he can get. But it was George Carl's job to mold this clay... Into a um, like a pot, like in the movie Ghost. Now, so you picture <laughs> picture Masai behind. Oh boy! <laughs> so this, is, this is a good visual. George Carl's working the pot. He's working the pot. Masai comes in behind him. Mm-hmm. Starts. Well, all right. Now, yeah. See. Yeah. I you know when it. once the once it starts getting intense, you know clay goes everywhere. <laughs> there you go. Well, here's what. I, here's my question. Here's a hypothetical. Yep. In any in any uh, way to evaluate, you look at extremes. Now, what if Masai Ujiri last season in the off season had come in and he had brought in um, LeBron, LeBron James. James? Yes. Dwayne Wade. Uh, who's the other guy that went down to Miami? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. Brings in those three guys into Denver. Denver uh, wins, you know, sixty games, sixty-five games, oh, and yeah. is in the playoffs, and they're going to win a national championship. Does George Carl get coach of the it's, year? It's like every college team would win a national championship, right? Well, I'm asking, does George Carl get coach of the year in that case, and does Masayu Jerry get executive of the year? Yeah, I, I thought there was a big. I thought Eric Spolstra was going to win coach of the year because of Miami's twenty-seven game win streak. I was kind of surprised that he didn't win it, especially considering last year that he, I don't even think, got close to winning it. So it was like, it kind of felt like it was maybe going to be Spolstra's year. But it's like, well, he does have the best players, so. Well, you could say LeBron works, so LeBron works against, um, LeBron and the, the rest of them, Wade and Bosch, work against Spolstra, but they help Riley. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because the, the general manager is in charge of personnel. It's like coach who is in coach charge. Those guys. In, you know, Coach uh, Carl is in charge, or any coach is in charge of taking what he's getting. You know, it's like Gene Hackman at the beginning of Hoosiers when he gets the ball and he says, <laughs> "Let's see what kind of hand I've been dealt here." Right, and that's a coaching job to go overcome all that stuff, to overcome the uh, the 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 disarray within the organization, and put together a team that wins a franchise record fifty-seven games. I didn't see the Masai Ujiri with the Executive of the Year award because I, I just didn't see what he did. 
But what I did notice is that maybe it's like a, the Executive of the Year Award is like an award for what happened two years ago. And what George Carl got was possibly kind of like a Lifetime Achievement Award, not because – not as a Lifetime Achievement Award necessarily, but because he hadn't earned one yet. Well, and you he could, certainly you could has deserved argument. one, right? Well, you could make the argument that um, Masai was a beneficiary of the trade he pulled off for Mello. Uh, a couple of years ago in this, in this instance, and the fact that the Nuggets haven't fallen on their asses because of it, you know. So the, the fact that the Nuggets are still successful after that trade works for Masai Ujiri and the fact that he got, um, Andre Godala to come in on the trade and all that stuff worked to his benefit. But George Carl, you could also make the argument, benefits from having coached up the players that coached up, quote unquote, the players that Masai has brought in as a result of that trade, you know, it's just like I said, it's a symbiotic thing. Are you, you just that the all kind of this all kind of works in concert? Well, I, I view it other. as mutually exclusive. Yeah. And I, I, I view one of, guy's one guy's results are at the in spite of the other guy's failures. No, I look at what, what Ross was just talking about with Masai kind of getting it based upon what he did the last three seasons. I think it is more of a cumulative thing for him or I think it at least should be viewed that way by Nuggets fans because he's done a great job since he's been here and then last season I mean he did the Iguodala trade you know swung two key members Al Harrington Aaron Aflalo got rid of them George was able to I guess overcome whatever that was uh losing two guys and bringing in one guy improved upon the team as you know many people hoped or thought it would but then you look at you know the other things Masai did he re-signed Andre Miller re-signed Ty Lawson re-signed JaVale McGee I don't know if the Nuggets were ever really in doubt of losing anybody out of that group besides maybe Andre Miller, but it's like this wasn't his biggest offseason, but he got rewarded. He got the highest reward for it. So it was there's a lot of people around the league arguing so about it. So buying low, right, budget or, you know, discount super on sale guys doing this with Because that was the, the biggest of trade money. of the offseason, and it, it, it was horrible for the Lakers. Dwight Howard had a miserable season. And Andrew Bynum didn't play a single minute for the 76ers. So, I mean, I, I guess you could look at it. The biggest move that was made in the NBA last year, the Nuggets came out on top, and that might have been something that people well, looked at. Well, you could also say, though, I mean, this is this is the asterisk associated with that trade is, though, is if Iguodala walks out the door, it's like you're, you've traded away two rotation players for one that's not there. You yeah, know, for nothing. For nothing. So, I mean... This is, I think, until he resigns, I will give that again incomplete. You know, it benefited this year, but I don't think you can really adequately judge it until they get all resigns. I, and I, really I think that's a good move. I think it was a risk that the Nuggets had to take. They have to start taking some risks, you know, like that, like Andre Godala. Yeah. You know, you don't know if he's going to resign here or not, but you can't always play things safe. You gotta, you know, how you gotta put yourself out there a little bit and like, like Masai said, it's like asking someone out. You know, you got to put yourself out there. <laughs> yeah, well, like Masai said too in his press conference, you know, you're never gonna. You have to start changing things in Denver, but you have to do it yourself. You have to show that you can win, and then you can have guys like you get all the resigns. So well, in speaking of that, in Masai's press conference, he said you got to do a better job of sales selling Denver. And a little bit, a little bit of me thinks he read my column from uh, on Denver Stiffs about, <laughs> about the, the Denver needing better salespeople because taking your hat off to yourself there, a very Carmelo Anthony type move. A little. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great column. I, I just have to point out, I think 
we need to keep it quiet about Denver. We've got enough people here. That's what a lot of people say too. You know, you hear a lot of that. Like people are like Denver's great, and it's like don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. I don't want to hear. I wonder what it is about this uh, this general opinion that superstars don't like Denver. I I don't buy it really. I don't think that's what the issue is. I don't think it, well, that's what it was. I don't think that's why Carmelo left. Just like um, in the NFL, once you prove. Or even in the NBA, once you prove that you're a winning franchise, the San Antonio Spurs, people will come and they'll want to stay there, like Tim Duncan did, like Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker did, or they'll they'll want to stay there, or they'll want to come there. You know, they've they've haven't had any issues signing free agents. Yeah. They just sign guys that are a little <clears throat> different because they have their three core guys, so they don't need to go out and sign LeBron James. They can, you know, sign the second tier guys that fit into what they want to do. But well, as as I've always said, once you have that guy. It makes it a lot easier to get the other guys. You exactly. Know? And but but I think <laughs> Confucius say once you have that one guy, it's easier to get the other guy. Get those other guys. This guy, yeah. uh, he's not my type of guy. Is that that guy? guy. But they also they also needed they also needed to get guy. like you know, nineteen ninety seven, the Nuggets oh, won. Here we go. Nuggets oh, won twenty one games. The historian is out. Full effect. And they missed out on Tim Duncan. We gotta get you a new uh NBA guide, the Sporting News NBA guide. We got because I think yours, like the last one you bought was two thousand and one. We gotta get you one like from uh at least two thousand and six. Did you read my column? Did you read my column today? Because that two thousand one would be apt. Um but no, I mean it's like they missed but the point is they missed out on Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan seems like a time a guy that would stay in one place, you know, and the Spurs were fortunate enough to get that sort of thing in <laughs> hindsight, obviously. Duncan, yeah, because he gets lost. I have a feeling he'll get lost. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little too frightening for him. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of an interesting setup for the Denver going forward now is let's say they bring Iguodala back. And then, of course, the question becomes, you know, we're, we're starting to hear reports out of Boston that Paul Pierce is starting to tell people he doesn't think he's going to be back with the Celtics, you know. That would be a terrible move. But then there's rumors as well that, you know, if, if Pierce is gone, that Garnett doesn't want to play there without him. And then I think I read something today that said he only wants to be, if he does get traded, he'll only approve it to either the Lakers or the Clippers because he lives in Malibu. But you're going to start having guys like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. There's been talk about when, what if you could try to get Dirk Nowinski away from Dallas, which I don't think he will do. Happen, yeah. But there are, there are some names now that are being, you know, you're going to start seeing some names getting floated around. Maybe LaMarcus Aldridge in Portland, this guy or that guy. If the Nuggets bring Iguodala back, that's even more attractive for other guys to want to come play here with him because they'll go, holy crap, if I go to Denver, I don't have to play defense. He can play defense. I can worry about scoring. Ugh. I mean, not to that extreme extent, but I think that plays into a little bit. They'll say that would be a good defensive be for, for those fifteen million dollars. No, because I went on a little tirade last week yes, about Iguodala, yes, and and I think people misunderstood my point. First of all, Iguodala for a sixteen million dollar player is a disaster. It's not good. Not good. And, and ten million. Then you're talking. Ten or nine. Yeah, exactly. He's a perfect player. Eleven? Uh, a little high. Twelve? Uh, yeah, it's like, high, but... It's like Nene at ten or whatever he was at. <laughs> I think... He I... was like a $3 million player. J.R. Smith, <laughs> six man of the year, is getting paid like $2.6 million. Yeah. Right? I mean, six man of the year, he, even that guy <laughs> earned, uh, deserves a little bit more money than that. Well, I would say I would say that if the Nuggets can get Iguodala back here for... Eleven million a year, it'd be perfect. Eleven's fine. Yeah, that'd be perfect. But I think bringing him back, I think that would maybe, if the Nuggets are working on some trades with guys, I think it would be trades or free agents. 
I think it's a more enticing team with him on it. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I. But Dickadala is just a guy. I I mean, I never I never he's not, thought he's, he's just the guy. guy. He's, he's not the guy. guy. He's, like, he's not the he's guy. He's not the guy that's going to get the other guys. He's not the guy. He's the guy. You know, he's a a guy. He's it's a little not, bit harder when you have to speak instead of spend eight hours on your computer. Isn't it? It's, uh, if, if, this is, was, if this podcast was your article, it'd be like. Guys, the guy, the guys, listen, the guy that we want is the guy that gets the other guys here. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would go into that way, but you, you know, you guys would make fun of me for pregnant puns. All right, all right. Can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Coach of the year, George Carl, executive of the year, Masai Ujiri. Congratulations to both. Yes. You guys swayed me. I think they both earned it. May 14th, 2013 from the Denver Post. Troy. An article by Troy Rank. Your boy. <laughs> and I pick on Troy Rank. Not because I not because I think he's like a doofus or something. I I love this guy. I think he's got the best job in the world. <laughs> he works for it's like working for the NFL network covering the NFL. You work for a company that owns the co- it's great. <laughs> it's cushy. Unlimited <laughs> sources, unlimited interviews. And again, I know he doesn't pick his hot headlines. Maybe he does. This sounds like a very Troy Rank headline. <laughs> Here it is. Rockies must play better versus good teams <laughs> to become legitimate. Oh, God. He is just right on Woo-hoo. the nose. <laughs> this is the single most negative com- column I've ever read by Troy Rank, if I had read it. I just read the headlines. <laughs> But did you guys know that Rockies must play? This is as laughable as hearing like the Sunday morning pregames on CBS and Fox when you hear Terry Bradshaw or whoever just say over and over again, you got in order, in order to beat the teams, you got to score more points than the other team. And you know what you got? If you want to play wide receiver in the NFL, you got to catch the ball. This is as laughable as that. Uh, I'm going to the game this weekend against the Giants and I'm looking forward to a Sunday afternoon ball game with my family. And people, this is the most overstated thing in the world. It's just a nice place to be, blah, 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 blah. But it won't always be the nice place to be. I was driving down town yesterday. I was driving down, I think it was uh, 21st on that first base interest. Coors Field's beautiful. But eventually, they're going to need to start winning. And and I think they're doing okay this season. I haven't been paying attention that much. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Here's the point. Uh, you're going to let us down. Here's a question I have for you. While you're going to be at the game, how much of the actual game do you think you will watch? There's nine innings. During this this upcoming game, I will be with my family, little kids and stuff. Yes. So I'll watch a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you'll watch at a nine innings three or four of them? Yeah. No, I mean, I think More? I'll watch the whole game because it'll be about being there, watching the game. You know, teaching my nephew pitch and by niece pitch. about it. Yeah, I mean, what baseball can be a very fun sport to watch. So pitch like, by pitch. Here's uh, he's throwing this pitch. That's uh, you look up at the scoreboard. Oh, that's uh, Jeff Francis actually. <laughs> that is that, that is always the problem, anybody's. and that's the problem I've had this year is reading headlines and being like, who is this guy, and <laughs> why is Jeff Francis pitching for the Rockies again, <laughs> and why why does this every headline look like a headline from Denver Post of nineteen ninety. Seven. I made the horrific mistake of turning on the uh, the Rockies game the other night. I think they were playing the Cardinals. Oh, you have cable? Mm. And I watched, uh, I guess, Eric Young had just stolen second base. I saw that on Twitter. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll see what they're talking about. It's like the first or second inning. I'm like, oh, this doesn't matter at all. 
So I, I watch uh, two at bats. I watch two whiskey strike out, and then I watch cargo strike out, or vice versa, whoever was batting first. Uh, <laughs> and then I turned back to the NBA playoffs, and I was like, "Wow!" Now I don't feel like I was just about to take a nap, like I was while I was watching that <laughs> baseball game. Baseball is a perfect sport to have on uh, if you're doing laundry, if you're reading a book, or if you're trying to take a nap. That actually, you're right, but I would I would vote for golf. Golf right is good there. too because golf they pump in the bird. The birds? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Wait, they pump in the birds like, I need your largest sea bell. But I think... Wait, what? <laughs> Simpsons reference. Oh. And then I think, I think baseball is... I don't have cable. Even, my head. It even takes a long time if you tune in in like the seventh inning. If you're like, oh, I'll catch the end of this game. Seventh yeah. inning still takes like four hours. Well, yeah. okay. Say me... that about the last t- five minutes of a basketball game. Right. True. Well, let me say this. But you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, let, let, let me let me just say this. No, Rockies suck. What do you mean? They, they just suck at baseball, or just you? You are a one sport man. No, no, I I would watch the Rockies if they were better. To be honest with you, and I think they're like, but they're this big lovable band of jolly. That's no, no, yeah. you're a hypocrite. Yeah, so you're just a bandwagon fan with the Rockies. I am. <laughs> you guys, maybe Jeff, most, uh, most, uh, resembling hockey fan over the past six months, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. You're very, very, you're very, you're very complain about no coverage. Then when there is coverage, you don't want complain that they're bandwagons. You yeah, know, maybe you should take a good look at the man in the mirror. No, that's fine. I'm pro- pro- perfectly comfortable with that. I, I notice you haven't been complaining about lack of Nuggets coverage over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> There's no reason to. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly comfortable. Actually, no, I, I do really do like baseball. It's just the the team is. I love playoff baseball. It's never it's awesome. you know the the problem with the Rockies is that I never trust them. Yeah. And, and, and maybe it's just a level, a trust level on it. I just, I just can funny. only commit myself so much to the Rockies. I stumbled upon a, it's going to be a long summer on this podcast. <laughs> I stumbled upon an ESPN article talking about, I don't think it was ESPN, somebody, some national writer talking about the Rockies and how their pitching is atrocious and they're doing well right now because their offense is playing well above what they are capable of. And he's like, once the offense comes back down to earth, that team's going to do horrible. Then I'm looking on Twitter and I saw some people tweeting about, man, I'm just really not concerned about this. This is just fans saying, not concerned about the Rockies offense. They'll start hitting again. And it's like, it seems like the one thing in baseball, it's like three hot three point shooting in the NBA yeah. or I don't know, cheap touchdowns in the NFL where it's like, hey, your offense is going to struggle for large portions of the 9,000 game season. <laughs> so you're going to have some issues, but it's just funny to see like, People that are like using statistics and all this stuff, like yeah, the offense is gonna they're playing above their heads, and then fans are like, nah, they'll keep hitting, they'll be fine. Yeah. It's like I don't know, I think they're probably gonna come back down to the mean there. Yeah, and thus, what you're trying to say, baseball fans, dumb. Just basketball fans, yeah. basketball fans who have hope for the Nuggets, <laughs> smart, smart. Are you trying to do evaluated, sort of, evaluated, are you trying to do more accurately? Is this moral equivalence you're doing? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> but you saw the same kind of talk with like NBA team, like the Knicks this year when they're shooting threes quite well. People are like, they just have too many shooters. They're not going to get cold. And it's like all the shooters went cold. And I think they might be losing to Indiana right now, but I don't know. All right, Ross, moving on. What do we May 14th, 2013 from That's today. USA Today by Mike Garofalo. Mike Garofalo. 
Mike or Garofalo? Probably Gina Garofalo's. Janine Garofalo's uh, husband. Yes. I thought it was Garofalo. Yeah, you would know that. Headline. I don't know why I said that. That's that's random. (laughs) (laughs) Offer from Raiders in hand, comma, Woodson visits Broncos on Wednesday. Of course, you're talking about Green Bay Packers cornerback Charles Woodson. Chuck. Chuck safety Woodson. Charles Woodson now, I believe. Is he a safety? Yes, because he's like 63 years old. And uh, as is Peyton Manning, as is Champ Bailey, yes. as is Brian Urlacher. There's also some stuff, some words going on about Brian Urlacher coming in. Do you guys think this is legitimate? You guys think you guys think we can we can we're gonna that the Broncos are legitimately pursuing these types of guys? And do you guys think it's a good idea? Dude, I just I just saw a free agent list for running backs today and like Ahmad Bradshaw's on there, Brandon Jacobs. At least at least with Ahmad Bradshaw, I was like, how has nobody signed this guy yet? This guy's a good because running back. Because running still. backs are plug and play. Tim has I've been explaining this to you for years. Yeah. But running I, backs are not as important. But that's kind of the funny thing with the NFL is I, I see these Big names, and I think, wow, that'd be great if the Broncos could bring in Charles Woodson, Urlacher, or this guy, that guy. Defensive but it's guys. Like, but it's like, holy shit, in the NFL, when guys go bad, they stay bad, and they're irrelevant. Not so much it's on defense. Crazy. Not so much on defense. It's not that diminishing return that you get with running backs or offensive players. I've been seeing but, people have been calling Urlacher just completely washed up. So I'm like, what does that mean? Brian it, Dawkins? Is, was Brian Dawkins in that same type of a situation when he came here and produced and contributed? A lot of people Nate's gym companion. Very good. I love Brian <laughs> Dawkins. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, will, I will say this. It seems like the, the with the attempt to uh, woo um, Charles Woodson that the, the – this really is the another extension of the win now thing. It's like with with it's like we have to do what it takes to win with Peyton Manning right now, which is which is fine because Peyton Manning is is, is aged. Obviously, what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's, it's, <laughs> this is this is a just extension of that thing. But I don't know necessarily if Charles Woodson would be. A, the best move. I don't yes, know. You it give, depends. You, you throw money at whatever guy can still produce and you just see if he works out. If he doesn't, you can get rid of him during the season. You can bring in another body that maybe isn't as, see, this as is the NFL. name as him. This is the NFL where if you look at someone sideways, they will cut you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, yeah, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Why not bring in anybody that has any kind of talent? Is there, bring them all in. Is But is there not a sport that requires the leadership of guys just like Woodson and and Urlacher and Champ Bailey and Peyton Manning than than football. I mean football is the sport that requires us the most. This is a sport where you have guys who cannot individually win a game like you can in baseball, like you can in basketball. You need guys to sacrifice themselves, sacrifice their ego for the good of the team. Bringing in a guy like Woodson more so probably than Urlacher, but Urlacher as well, that uh, fortifies that leadership. That that makes a statement to these guys. And the Broncos are not an old team. 
a lot of team, a lot of people look at the Broncos and say this is an old team because Peyton Manning's the quarterback. But this team is not old. This team is a, a young team with a lot of talent. Mixed team, young and old. Yes, but yeah. it's, I, I think it's they're good. starting to build that good balance mixture. Yeah. Um, they they have young talent and they mix that in with with veteran leadership, especially guys like uh, Woodson and Urlacher, who have achieved the highest levels of being in this game as far as all-star or Pro Bowl games and, and Super Bowls. These are the types of guys you want. I love it, and I think it's a great play because this is where you can go in and you can get a pound of of leadership you know, for a penny. And not only that, is how much are we really expecting guys like Woodson to play? And they'll give, be given the opportunity to play as much as they can in, in coming up here in, in, in the mini camps and coming up here in training camp. They're going to be given the opportunity to have their last year in this league. And if anybody's going to try as hard, then it's going to be those guys. And then that raises – so I love it. It's going to inspire all the other guys, the young guys we're getting in here, the rookies. I love it. And I always love the fact that you, when you bring in veteran guys that they can teach the younger guys. I mean a lot of people kind of poo-poo that point, but I think it's – I think it's, there's, it's invaluable. I think even any sport you look at, when you have you know, those veteran guys, I think that they just will teach a guy – even if it's just half a trick. Even the other night they're talking about uh, LeBron James was asking Ray Allen about free throw shooting. Ray gave him like one pointer and LeBron goes 11 for 11 the next night. And he's like, it's working right now, so I'll use it. But any little thing you can get out of guys, I think Charles Wait, Woodson's going to be fantastic. Or just have the ability of, of being a, a, a professional, showing up early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being there, knowing the plays. You could take Teaching the guys best, a playbook, yeah, you could take, take the guy with the most – the most skills in the world, the highest level of skills, give him a bad attitude and a bad work ethic, work ethic and he's useless. Marcus Russell. Well, who's Ryan that guy Leaf. from Detroit Everybody. who just got arrested three times Titus in 24 Young. hours? You yeah. know what I mean? Like These guys have talent. Bring in guys that show them how to take that talent and actually do something with it. I think veteran leadership is, is, is great. But they remember, keep in mind, the, the, the Broncos defense does have Champ Bailey on it. I mean, how much veteran leadership, additional veteran leadership do they need? Well, that's the thing. That's an interesting point. Ch- uh, Champ Bailey, though, to me, I mean, they brought in Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins became the leader of that defense, not Champ Bailey. Yeah, Champ Bailey doesn't seem like in-your-face vocal leader. He's a, he's a – Do you really need that? What do you, lead-by-example type guy? I think sometimes you do. I mean, Baltimore just won the Super Bowl with Ray Lewis. He's the ultimate – Motivator. Right? Yeah, I don't Deer know. I don't know. No matter how you feel as, about him, yeah. I mean, he's he's a motivator. As, as talented as Champ Bailey is, I, I'm not sure he's that guy. You know, the uh, in-your-face leader. He just goes goes out there and does his job and well, does it well. The Broncos' defense, by and large, is pretty young, as, as far as I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Von Miller. Scarf is great. Just scarf all Jeff's microphones. That's <laughs> yeah, Aerosmith thing. It's awesome. Um, you know, by and large, the Broncos defense is, is very late. Yeah, and their best player on defense is one of their youngest in Von Miller. So obviously, you know, I can see that. I'm just. It's where I Jeff mean, got his to, glasses or, uh, Ross got his glasses. <laughs> the Von Miller collection. The Von Miller collection, yes. He wouldn't yeah. be caught dead in these glasses. That's got diamonds on the. He has those exact same glasses, oh, man. <laughs> You don't know what you're anyway. You need glasses if you think that. I do. I do need glasses. I have glasses. I just don't want Tell you what, Von Miller's not wearing those ankle socks that much. Yep. I got a sponsorship now, Under Armour. Hooking me up. <laughs> under Under Armour ankle socks. Me and Steve Hess, sponsored by Under Armour and Corey Brewer. That's it. Just three of us. Getting better. Getting better. Uh, 
That's, that's all uh, I got for headlines. That's that's great, Ross. That's it. That's the headlines. <laughs> That'll wrap it. Yeah. Good job, Ross. I think. I like those. I think that's all I got. That's it. Oh, God, I don't know boring stuff. Yeah. Let's go back and get into a little bit of things that Jeff believes to be true. Before we get into Jeff's segment, let's just remind everybody to go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click on that Amazon banner each time you go to Amazon to do some shopping. And if you're not shopping at Amazon, I suggest you start because it's just a better way to do things. I just bought a Frisbee on Amazon. I bought some uh, dishwasher detergent. Uh, you know, I get this delivered. I'm not wasting my time going down to whatever rinky-dink sports <laughs> sporting goods store that painted our stadium red. God knows what one even is around these parts. <laughs> Sports or, uh, Authority. Uh, yeah, what is with that red stuff? But but anyway, didn't they say they were going to change that to orange? Yeah, afterwards, they and then they just kept the red. They died. It might as well it's be the closer to an orange. No, no, no. It's, it's still it's red. red. It's, it's not or, Kansas City. It might Chiefs as well be. Red, no, it might as well be the Chiefs red. Or it's, 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 it's more of a cadmium red. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Uh, go to. But, but anyway, thank you guys. Keep keep shopping at Amazon, and please keep buy all your. Uh, Items there, your ankle socks, your microphones, your microphone stands. You want to start your own podcast? Hey, somebody's got to do it, right? That's what be you. We're already number one here and whatever. <laughs> we need some more competition since there's none left. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, thanks everybody for buying, shopping at Amazon and doing it through the link, uh, the banner at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Click that banner, everybody. Thank you. Things Jeff believes to be true. Oh, is this Negative. Man, this is good. <laughs> I can play this song. So, uh, I would, uh, before I get into my segment, I'm just going to say that, uh, yes, I am officially part of the Colorado Sports Guys as evidenced by the, uh, announcement of my name right at the beginning of the podcast. So, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that right there. Let's give some props to Renee for that intro. Renee, Renee did a great job. And, ever. you know, for those, for those people out there who don't know that I'm on part of the podcast, uh, I would reference you to the beginning of the podcast to, uh, you know, just reaffirm that sort of thing. Now, everybody knows this. I hope Renee goes to grad school because we could use her for a few more years. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. We let her out of the closet. So we locked up for a while. I wrote a column today about the, you know, 2003, the year basically everything changed for the Denver Nuggets. There were a moribund franchise that was terrible for years. They drafted Carmelo Anthony in the 2003 draft. And pretty much since then, it's been a string of success that, you know, this team has never seen. Yeah, they basically changed Jeff from being a Supersonics fan to a Nuggets fan. <laughs> Essentially. And now but he's now back. he's trying to get back to the Supersonics. Essentially. Now he's trying to get back to the Seattle Supersonics. And, uh. <laughs> you love those Seattle people. <laughs> I hadn't meant, had not mentioned Seattle at all. That was Nate Timmons who brought that up. Um, but, you know, it got me thinking about other moments in Denver sports, uh, that, 
are, are like that, transcendent moments where things changed immediately, you know. And the most obvious would be when John Elway was traded to the uh, Denver Broncos in 1983 yeah. for, you know, uh, I think it was Tim Hinman. Who? Chris Hinton? Chris Hinton. Something like that? <laughs> Tim Hinman is different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about football. Um, but there, there is, you know, there was that moment where just everything changed for the, for the Broncos and it was just like this string of hope and, and, the attitude changed. Why was it Carmelo Anthony coming and not George Carl? Because the Nuggets went to the playoffs the f- before Carl got yeah, here. Yeah, the, the Nuggets went to the playoffs with Jeff Buzdelic as the coach, and or, uh, the coach right before George Carl. And it was like a culture change. Like that. I mean, I mean, obviously there was other players involved on that team. Okay, you know, it wasn't just Carmelo, but the the culture change and the respect around actually the country changed because Carmelo was deemed to be a superstar before he set foot on an NBA court. Well, he had just won the NCAA championship, yes, he did. right? He's the best best he player was. in college with uh, Jerry Macman with Jerry McNamara as we were talking yep. earlier. Yep. Hakeem Warwick. And so he comes in, he comes in and everything in Denver changes like that and it was just the same thing. The Broncos the, you know, there was a couple mediocre years in between when they went to their first Super Bowl in 77 and then when they went to got Elway. So it's just kind of like a blah, kind of a, you know, not real standout-y kind of time. And then Elway comes in and the culture change, everything changes. Now I was going to ask you two, can you think of any other moments? Yeah, man. I'd say, uh, Colorado Avalanche when they picked up Patrick Waugh. That was a huge moment. We, we picked up the best goalie in the, in the NHL. And we won the Stanley Cup his first year here. That's 1995, right? 95 or 96. Yeah. 95-96 season, and they won the Cup. They won the Cup their first year in Colorado, right? Yeah, yes. With Wah. Yes, that is that is correct. Yeah, thank you, Russ. Uh, <laughs> what how about you, Russ? Is there any moment that you... Well, you think about, you're talking about moments that changed for the better. I'm thinking about moments, those those... Moments that stand out the most is when John Elway retired. I mean, that, that was mm-hmm. one for the, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. It's been 14 years since the Broncos won a Super Bowl. Yet, I feel like since that happened, maybe it's just because it happened during those, you know, formative years of my life when I was 17 years old that it's been kind of stuck with me and I've been kind of, well, the Broncos are a Super Bowl winning team. We don't have, you know, we, we are an elite franchise, but then you think about it, it's like been 14 years since that's happened. You know, yeah. and so that was a that was a monumental moment, yeah. in you know, fourteen years, fourteen years. I can remember too uh, with the Colorado Rockies, the moment that was supposed to change the franchise was when they threw all that money at Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel. <laughs> I remember oh, being in front yeah. of my TV in Fort Collins in my apartment with my buddy Mark, my boy, and I see that signing, those two signings in the press conference, and I was like, the Rockies are going to be amazing. Like I totally fell for it, hook, line, and sink. And that was one of those moments where a lot of Rockies fans forget that there was effort made by this organization. That was and when Jerry McMorris was the team uh, president. Was that Jerry president. McMorris? Mm-hmm. But that ended up backfiring big time. <laughs> no, that, in fact, are we I still paying Mike Hampton's salary? I will are we never, still paying that off? I, I will they never just paid him last, like either last year I or the mean, season before. I think it was two years ago Good they finally fed Southfights. You know, and in fact, I was thinking about this. 1995 when the um, 
Rockies first went to the playoffs, and you know, I think it was when they were a wild card, I think, back then. Yeah. And during the trade deadline, they picked up Brett Saberhagen. Saberhagen. Who, who was way over the hill. I mean, he was just so far over the hill. And he only won one game for the, for the, for the Rockies. One game. I think the title in the Rocky Mountain News or the Post was Savior Hagen. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was just a, a Detroit rig right now. It's a, <laughs> Savior Hagen. Uh, and it was just, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh yeah, they're going for it. And sometimes you don't, get that from the Rockies anymore. This is like, they're not going for it, you know. And sometimes fans respond to the going for it moments, you know. It's like, oh, we got reason to just kind of, the, this team is all in now, you know. Like when and the Nuggets signed Kenny Martin, that felt like a... Oh, yeah, they, they were way in on that If one, you went yeah. through the power forwards at the time, it was Tim Duncan, it was Kevin Garnett, and then you could argue that Kenny Martin was the third best power forward in the NBA at that time. And yep. it was like, wow, this is a guy that's going to be able... Because Nuggets, I think they just gotten bounced by the Timberwolves the year before. Yes, they did. It's like, man, think if we had Kmart to go against KG, mm-hmm. and now we do. We're getting their Nuggets. Yeah, that was a oh, big sign to bring about. Think about this because we're talking about those monumental moments that have shifted the change in culture. You've talked about John Elway. Mm-hmm. You've talked about Carmelo Anthony. You've talked about Kenyon Martin. Patrick and you know Waugh. what? Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. And you know what we don't talk about is one of these monumental shifts. Everybody remembers where they were was when we picked up Terrell Davis. And we picked up Rod Smith, and we picked up guys that are lesser known that actually did contribute to championships, yeah. unlike Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony changed the whole culture, but still has produced zero championships for the city in basketball. Patrick Wall's different, John Elway's different, but what about those other guys? I mean, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of championships to talk about those fundamental shifts. But maybe that's what we're seeing now when we're talking about where's everybody going to be when they hear that we signed Woodson for the Broncos. Where's everybody everybody going to be when we hear? We it was Peyton Manning was like that. Well, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was like that. I know, certainly was. That was that was a moment where people were like, "Oh my God, the Broncos just signed Peyton Manning." I heard on the radio that he was coming here, and I got a speeding ticket because I completely had blanked out what I was doing. <laughs> I was driving to a job interview uh, on Brighton Boulevard. And these cops were sitting right under that bridge. Oh, man. And I was like, this is awesome. Crap, I'm being pulled over. So now the question is, does John Elway, because Peyton Manning wouldn't be here if John Elway didn't come back, does John Elway now represent two of those fundamental shifts in Denver sports as far as culture goes? One, when he was brought in here as a player, and two, when he was brought in here as an executive. And what does that guy mean to sports in this city, state, and region? Uh, uh, he w- has proved himself again to be an absolute. Uh, I mean, nobody thought that he could do what well, he's doing. He's 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 cemented, I guess, in, in a large sense, his icon status. You know, he's, he's <laughs> it's it's. But look, That's my first kid's going to be named John. I, mean, I decided that ten but years no, but, ago. But think of it. Think of it this way: there's no other person in Colorado, no other sports person in Colorado can even approach that. No, I, I mean, mean there is only there's on the, not even close on the Mount Rushmore of Denver and Colorado sports. It's just John Elway. Colorado, period. Yeah, it's just just John Elway. With Wellington so, Webb and John. Elway. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know another. <laughs> You know Staples another you know another thing about trans- Wellington Webb is that building that's named after him downtown that looks unfinished. It looks like it was never really finished. I find that a little. Like John Elway might be more popular than Denver International Airport. <laughs> God, I remember when that thing came. But but no, like you, it's a, it's an interesting conversation, and and you ask, well, what do you guys think? 
What, 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 what kind of guys do you remember? There hasn't been that many. No. There and that's really why I bring it up because it's, it's like, it's, well, first of all, if it was, they wouldn't be so transcendent if it happened all the time. You know, and that's, that's the point, you know. And I but think. Was, you say Carmelo Anthony was that moment, but what did he bring? Oh, I. Nothing. <laughs> look at it. Look at Back it this way. Playoffs. Look at Back it this to... way. The Nuggets, for twelve years, by and large, were the worst team in the NBA, and they really that just. I mean, that two thousand three just changed, like almost one eighty to what the Nuggets became, a terrible franchise to a very good franchise, just in that one year. And that doesn't happen. That I mean, was was the only. Th- wasn't it bound to be somebody though? I mean, somebody at some point was going to get drafted since they were Not so really. bad. Have you seen the draft since then? <laughs> it's just a t- there hasn't well, there was not lucky been, for the Nuggets. That draft was that, that draft was loaded. There's been all was, sorts of guys. Chris Paul's draft was loaded. Yeah, was that Kyrie but, Irving in the draft. Dwight Howard. Yeah, came but in what the draft? is what is what is Chris Paul actually changed? He was at he was on the New Orleans Hornets and they were got bad while he was still there. He's been as successful as Carmelo. He went to a Western yeah, Conference but that, that, you know success doesn't mean anything in this point. Changing the culture this is, is where what Jeff matters. Disproves the original point. <laughs> You're arguing against to make. yourself. <laughs> I said like you, you, it's just this. It's it's. Whoop. I think it's I like think you, who would have said John Elway until he won his Super Bowl. Look what Chris Paul's done know. for the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers were the laughing stock for about thirty five, forty years. In the NBA. That's true. Nuggets are almost there. <laughs> Pretty soon. What are you talking about? Laughing stock of the NBA. Give us enough few more years. And we'll be there for 35. Don't like where you're going with that, Ross. Oh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> nuggets are... Never mind. Not enough people remember how bad the Nuggets were. And I remember too much. As I you got guys a Lafonso Ellis jersey signed on my wall. Trust me. I know how bad they were. You sure playoffs? about that? What? <laughs> Lafonso Alistair? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did you steal it? He took him to the playoffs? Yeah, I know. All right, listen. We're back in the day. But I'm not hey, allowed to mention. I'm not allowed to mention the 90s anymore. We're only going to mention, well, the, 90s mention the 90s in reference to the Broncos winning Super Bowls. Here's a mention of the 90s. <laughs> Did the reason, is the reason for the Nuggets' recent success, if you want to call it that, and the signing of Carmelo Anthony, is that to be owed to the Avalanche coming to Denver and winning that championship that first year. And had they not, would the ownership of both those teams not had a reason to keep the Nuggets in town and build that stadium? And would the Nuggets be in a different city? No. Mostly because uh, um, hockey is a money pit. Yeah, I doubt it. But, I I mean, I I always want to discredit Carmelo because I don't think – I think there are so many more moves – even in hindsight, but I mean, he does deserve a huge amount of credit for what he did because any opposing arena that the Nuggets went to, you see handfuls of Carmelo jerseys all over the place. He had the number one selling jersey in the NBA for a couple seasons, I think. Yeah. His problem was that he just didn't care, yeah. and he was a yeah. 60% type player. But and his and 60% is still vastly above everybody else, but had he really wanted to win a championship, he could have done it in Denver. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that Carmelo Anthony, as much as people want to uh, give him credit for bringing the Nuggets back to relevancy, his, he should be, he should be, it should be taken away from him just because he didn't care enough, and he, and he still doesn't care enough. I think it's just that one year. I think I just, it, and what I'm saying is basically it just set the pattern for future success in, in the sense that 
it just wasn't there before. And then it did. I mean, it's amazing. They won 17 games and then won 43 games the first Melo's first year. And but it wasn't just Melo. They had it was, like nine, eight or nine different players. Yeah, they did. But year. I'm not. But the, oh, you guys are missing the point. It was because of <laughs> it was because of Melo that people wanted to come to Denver. It wasn't. It wasn't a. You they remember had, they made the Nene Canby trade before he got here. Yeah, but that. Okay, but then you're talking about, but they were there that on the dog butt 2002 who did, who roster. Did, who did Carmelo recruit <laughs> to come here as a big free agent signing? Uh, no, but nobody, was nobody, nobody. working, working time. Nobody, but Mark, I mean, what was his name? at the same time, what, why, why does the player have to be the GM in that sense? Well, I mean, you look at Dwayne Wade. He got LeBron and Bosch to come to his. Okay, team. how often do you do players recruit other players to join their their teams? Outside of that one incident. Kevin Garnett went to Boston to play with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Yeah, he went to Boston, and he was traded there. But he had to okay the trade. He had no trade. Yeah, he had, he had to okay the trade. But it's rare that that happens. Usually the presence of the player is what draws other players, specifically in free agency. Okay, it's just it's like you could say, oh, well, this person was traded there. But well, We were talking fine. earlier about you have to have a guy to get the other guys to come there. Like Tim Duncan, yeah. guys want to go play with him. Okay, Kenyon Martin been... wouldn't have been here if Melo wasn't. And that's, that's probably the closest example we got. And I don't think Chauncey Billups would have been as inclined to come to Denver if Melo wasn't here. He didn't have a no trade clause. He didn't, but I, he was relatively okay with it. Remember the last time he was there, the Nuggets were terrible. Yeah. You know, if the, if the Nuggets were a better team, he would probably, you know, maybe wouldn't have been, maybe, maybe Chauncey at the time, wouldn't have been as bad as he was because Chauncey would, back then was not the player he was when the second time he came to the Nuggets. But I, I think out of the free agent pools that went around, I don't think there were any guys that were lining up to come play with Carmelo Anthony. And that's kind of something I always kind of was disappointed with him. Even Chris Paul has been talking, you know, guys have been talking about recruiting guys or making sure this guy comes back or comes there. And I just don't think Melo ever did that for Denver. Although I can't deny that he brought the Nuggets back to national relevancy. I just... Like Ross said, I don't think he did enough. What about Allen Iverson? He was also traded here, you know. But, yeah. I mean, that was one that he kind of had to approve where he went, I think. But Philadelphia was just looking for a haul. Yeah, but, once again, you can't just discount it. Yeah. I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, Allen Iverson was Allen Iverson, not at that point, but, I mean, Allen Iverson, you know. And that's that's one of those things. It's just like there's a selective reasoning here because we're pissed at Mellow now, and I understand that completely. But the thing is, that one the record, year, I was pissed at Mellow then too. Yeah, and you know, and, and may have advocated trading Mellow back in the day. <laughs> I mean, there's the oh. Bre- there's the Brett Barrett's of the world who are trying to trade Mellow for about four years before he has actually traded. But it's not it's not a would have been a genius move, maybe. Hell yeah, it would have been. It depends on what they would have got. You know, I wouldn't have been objecting to that if they got actual quality in return. And that's that's the thing. It's that Masai Ujiri made a good good deal out of that for getting what he got for for that because usually you get jack squat in return when you trade a superstar it's just like they give you a bunch of draft picks and that's so i mean the uh the new jersey trade idea would have been just about it and then you look at utah and they're kind of a uh, team you know so. it's funny to look back at that the palgas all trade when everybody you know, it was like, oh, what an awful trade. Now they have the defensive player of the year out of that trade. Mark Marcus Hall. Hall. You know, he's great. Yep. Melo's a funny, he's a, kind of a, he's definitely a hot-button topic still because there's so much different things you can argue about it. But, I mean, ultimately, he was a success here when he got here because his name preceded him and his name was bigger than he was. 
Yep. And, and that's why he, his jersey sold so many jerseys. It wasn't because he was this ultimate player on the floor. It was because he was a store. He was a name brand that was a name brand before he ever played. And yet. the Nuggets didn't have that for years. I don't know, well, if they ever had it, you know. And actually, you could argue that Melo was the first one that was a super branded a superstar before he came to Denver on on ever in the Nuggets history. And he was the most you know spotlighted or highlighted, however you want to call it, player ever for the Nuggets, in my opinion. As a bit, yeah. Alex English was good, but he wasn't like he was household name. Under the Alex radar. English, I mean, it was a different sports culture. Yeah, yeah it was that. a different time. I mean, I mean, that was before Michael Jordan, which shifted everything. I mean, it's yeah. almost, mm-hmm. I mean, it's incomparable, really. But yeah. it is, and it really is, and it's. I mean, it's, but it's the truth. It's still the same. I mean, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was still very popular before you know Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, all those guys helped. Yeah. You know, propel their names up or the whole superstar era or whatever the hell you want to call it in the NBA. But Red anyway. Auerbach. Red Auerbach, yeah. <laughs> Pistol Pete Maravich. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Will Chamberlain. Just yelling old guys' names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm done. That's it? Yeah. Those it. are things that Jeff believes yeah. to be true. true. And it was actually a one thing Jeff believed to be true. And it really what was it, it, by the way? It was something it was about arguing about all the <laughs> monumental moments. Oh, oh, it was yeah. just a discussion about it, and then it, would, it turned into, let's make fun of Jeff for <laughs> saying that about no, Carmelo. I was... Just we, a devil's advocate <laughs> approach to talking about Carmelo. There's, I mean, there's always, you know, there's the good and the bad. We well, see I, it on our website every day on Denver Stiffs. Hey, all I know is if you want to win games in the National Basketball Association... You got to score more points than the other team. You just have to do it. You got to do it. Got to run the ball. Got to got to pass the ball. The ball. Got to go down the field game. and you got to score. Got to do something. Well, let's take a short one. Come back and uh, we'll talk. I don't know about something. God knows what. And we're back after what was a phenomenal break here in the CSG studios. Can I make a vote it's, real quick? Can I vote uh, no more Megadeth? Sure. I mean, it's still two to one. So stuff made me like anxious. It almost gave me an anxiety attack. That's you know, cool. the, the only cool. reason the only reason I had it on there is because John Reedy hates it. John Reedy does. Yeah. Who's John Reedy? Uh, he's a guy. Oh, okay. He is used he to have get a beard. The other guy? I, he, all I know about him is he used to have a beard. So you bring in the other guy? The guy? Yeah, the other guy. The guy um, gave you the. By the way, snub. on the on the break, we uh, we enjoyed some delicious hummus. We had the delicious uh, hummus. Jeff, you got to tell us where you got that. It was at uh, New York Euros and Sub up in Thornton. Wow, that's a legitimate recommendation. We're not even getting paid for that. Yes, yeah. we're not, and it's it's that's some free quite... ad time for you, New York <laughs> Euros and Sub. You know, and it's like you know, it's it's the best hummus I've ever had. So. It was delicious. Thanks for that. So, it did have the name Finally New York in it, the... which reminds me of the Knicks and Carmelo, and now I'm upset. I... Once again. Oh. <laughs> again. Well, Nate's mad. Nate. Thanks for fulfilling your hummus promise. I did. The promise so of hummus. One of you guys has to bring something next week. Uh, it's like a potluck here at the CSG Studios. <laughs> yeah, the, Nate's got to bring, although Nate brought uh, sub sandwiches a couple weeks ago. So Jersey Mike's down off the spear. Well, they're advertising for somebody who's not paying us. Yeah, Jersey Mike's delicious, though. <laughs> it is delicious. <laughs> I uh, brought in a couple weeks ago 
Kraft macaroni and cheese, which you can be purchased at Amazon.com. Amazon.com. There you go. Just click the Amazon Just banner. Click the Amazon banner. <laughs> you see a seller. Uh, I don't know if you, are you guys still watching the NBA playoffs, Ross? I'm sure you are living and dying nightly on these things. Uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than the NBA playoffs. I love the fact that they have seven game series stretched out over several, several months. Do you, I wanna, and uh, it really adds to the excitement and energy by prolonging this. Do you guys feel like there's been more injuries this season, or do you feel like it's just the names on the back of the jersey that are beginning injured are more noticeable? It's just the names, I think. Yeah, I think no one would be talking about an ACL if Derrick Rose wasn't, you know, injured with a well, you know, not coming back, I should say, from an ACL injury. So one thing that is making me kind of, or that was making me upset, was when uh, TNT or ESPN was rattling off all the guys that were season season long injuries in these postseasons. They're like, oh, you're looking at uh, Danny Granger, you're looking at Derrick Rose, you're looking at Russell Westbrook, you're looking at David Lee. I mean, these are big time players, and I'm going, yeah, Kobe Bryant. I'm like, what the hell, man? Mention Danilo Gallinari. He's only our leading scorer, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know, it's okay. They don't like Italians. Yeah, That's we fine. we get in these you know little arguments on uh, various social media sites, Denver Stiffs as well, about you know, oh man, the Nuggets got beaten in the playoffs, whatever, whatever. Um, and then you're looking at teams like Oklahoma City, and I'm like, well, look at Oklahoma City. They're they're missing Russell Westbrook. Uh, what if they get bounced this round in the playoffs? Are you going to say, wow, they took a big step back from going to the finals to there? They should fire Scott Brooks. Well, they should fire Scott Brooks anyway, but that's <laughs> nothing to do with those injuries. But a lot of people didn't or, or will come with the fact that Daniel Gallinari getting hurt that that shouldn't weigh on anything with the Nuggets. And it's like I would argue that Danilo is just as important as a guy like Russell Westbrook. You know, like, for various reasons, you know, but specifically for this team, specifically for the Nuggets. I mean, you put him on another team. So you're saying know. that Danilo Gallinari's injury did not affect the Miami Heat's. Prospects. So anyway, there's <laughs> a, there's a uh, there's the likely chance. I mean, I was just making sure because it's a good point. <laughs> there's a likely chance he that, uh, but you know, specifically for the Nuggets, what he did was he just they messed up the rotations, all that stuff. I mean, it was just, you, we we could go through a long list of this, but it you know it did affect the team, and you know you can't. People say, well, you can't use injuries as an excuse, but sometimes they're legitimate. And that, by at, the way, that's bullcrap. The whole can't use injuries as an excuse thing. Because yeah. if your best player is hurt, yeah, your the, team becomes worse. The bull, a if, team's if the success have... is generally mm. based on the talent of its players, and when the most talent talented player is gone, then your team is worse. Exactly. This is not. But I mean, you're looking at you know Russell Westbrook, and people are now starting to say, "Oh, geez, you know Oklahoma City is really missing that guy," and maybe it's. You know, he's more important to them than people let on. And wow, Kevin Garnett needs him. And it's like, I don't know if that's as important as the fact that Scott Brooks just Kevin Garnett? Uh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Maybe Kevin Durant. Ned Ned Garnett needs, needs him, him too. Everybody needs a little <laughs> Russell Westbrook. But I think it's more of a, I don't think it's that they miss Russell Westbrook as much as it, as it is that Scott Brooks, the head coach there, has a completely flawed coaching system based on just isolation basketball. Because I'm watching that Oklahoma City team and – it, they depend on Durant to score forty a night. Yeah, that's true. No, it's it's that you could describe the Oklahoma City Thunder as 
As uh, got Jeff like texting Ross's. No, I took the battery out of my phone because Ross found a pocket yeah. square. He's cleaning his glasses. It's, it's where you can tell here. Ross has lost interest. <laughs> He's going to start uh, polishing his uh, sandals here pretty soon. Um, <clears throat> no, it's 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 one of those things where uh, you mean my thongs. If you polish your thong in front of me, I'm going to be very. These upset. are also called thongs, yeah, flip flops. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, whatever. That's what um, I grew up calling them. Really freaked me out when I learned there was something else. Thongs, yeah. Really. Cisco Same. wrote a song about flip flops. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> thong, 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 thong. <laughs> popular. Uh, She's like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to know about something that I think is important? I just Ross, discovered things Ross believes to be true. <laughs> Go ahead, Ross. I just discovered a show called Storage Wars. I don't know if you guys have ever watched this. Love Storage Wars. Oh I haven't seen nary an episode. It is a masterpiece. You want me to ruin it for you? The whole shebang? Or no? <laughs> it can't be ruined, right? I mean, there's no suspense. Every well, episode's the same episode. And people, people say that items that are in the lockers have been placed there. Like, yeah, I believe not, that's definitely true. Yeah. And that kind of made question. me sad because I'm like, you know, I, I like even uh, we were, I was watching Duck Dynasty with some people and they're like, oh, this show's probably scripted. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is, but let's just enjoy it. It's just a good show. Yeah. Storage Wars is fantastic. Storage Wars is. I, I, I just discovered it a couple weeks ago. I've watched the first two seasons. It's like 50 some episodes. Yeah. It is outstanding. Did you, did you ever see the, have you seen the Middle Eastern guy that comes in like every once in a while? He's oh, I thought like he was Cuban. Gold clothes or something. He Maybe he's, is he Cuban? <laughs> he killed himself. He's dead. Oh. <laughs> I'll let you know that. That happened just a couple of months ago. Wow. Oh, he's only been that. on a few of the shows. But. <laughs> he was the high roller. Hey, yeah. Hey, that, hey, that guy over there? Dead. <laughs> you know that guy? Yeah, he's dead. You know, I was thinking, that, I was thinking actually with every reality show, or at least recently, like the ones on History Channel, you know, they've got the Pawn Stars and they've got the, you know, the the American Pickers and stuff like that. Fern Pawn Stars has uh, some scripted stuff. That's... Yes. <laughs> of course it is. Like this guy, every this show guy has writers. Pawn, I've been to a Pawn Star and these guys don't know everything about some weird fuck like uh <laughs> coins some old like they're not like well yeah. this is interesting because this is it and you can tell this guy is saying a word that he's never said once yeah. before in you his know, life this is from the paleozoic era and this is this is funny because they all have the same formula everyone has the same formula and they all they're supposed to be building suspense and they have someone talking about something clearly they did in the past but trying to build suspense about something, even though that person who's talking is clearly like, at the time, I uh, placed the, you know, it's like chopped on uh, Food Network. Oh, I love that show. It's like, I don't have cable. well, I was think, you know, I was thinking that uh, if I don't grab the chives, um, my, yeah, that is weird my gambit may be over. I'm thinking at this point, I'm my God, the pressure is on. And then you're thinking, wait a minute, you're saying this after you did what you did. He's violating the, or he's keeping in time with the first person narrative. Yeah. yeah I like it. It's, uh, it's like storytelling. As my dad funny. would say, it's, it's canned. It's so canned. It's well, who's, your, canned. who's your favorite character on Storage Wars? Well, obviously it's Barry. Barry? Who, who's fan favorite guy is not Barry? First of all, I, I want to know whose person guy is not. <laughs> I want to know who doesn't think Barry's the best guy. And then that is the same person you should never trust, ever. Don't trust Second him. of all, of course, is Daryl, without question. Daryl? Oh. Oh. He's, he's good. It's the wow factor. Yeah. And third is Brandy's breasts. 
And then it's <laughs> then <scared>. it's Brandy. <laughs> then it's Jared. I like Brandy and Jared. They're good. Brandy is kind of hot. Uh, but I guarantee you in real life she's like five foot two and like more resembles like a like a ball instead of like a hot babe. Cave troll. <laughs> Cave troll. <laughs> filming her through a different lens than everybody else. Well, you can tell that like the Barbara the, everybody, first of all, everybody or... on TV is short and everybody in movies is short. You have to remember that everybody is short. I think Brandy may have been like a this stripper is, at some point. But, but oh, definitely. Ross, Ross is a short person. I'm saying that's patently false. No, it's true because cameraman – you can't obviously like, have a cameraman like craning his neck all the time to look up. <laughs> so everybody has to kind of be the same height. And then also you have the TV screen. Oh my God. Cameraman down. Cameraman down. Hey, this is serious. This is just logistically. And then you have the camera screen and you have a TV screen and a movie screen and you have the TV. They have to fit in that. And if they're too big, then they don't fit in the TV screen. And I know that sounds stupid because it's like, so Ross, think, he's not actually in the TV. You think <laughs> actors are hired based off the height of the cameraman on that show? <laughs> so I'm just what is this, is, the Navy? I'm just saying is when you look, when you look at a bell curve, right, you have the people that are the average height at the top and then you have the tall people on one end and very short. And in order to buy, like, you know, to pay actors, they all have to be kind of the same height because otherwise you have people they couldn't get in the same shot as the other person. Based off the cameraman I know that, uh, in the, that I've seen this year at, uh, Nuggets games, practices, whatnot. We're not talking about sports. There's no discrepancy or there's no, uh, average height. Like you'll get a cameraman that's six five or six six. You'll have one that's like five eight. You'll have one that's six two. Like there's all sorts of different sizes of cameramen. But it's different. We're talking they're about. They're not sitting down. Listen, man. I know tripods. the biz. I know the biz. <laughs> and they're all short. I know they're short. And you could tell, you could see these guys when they're driving in their car. And, and you could tell just by like how much room between their head and the top, like top of the car. Yeah. And, and you know, you could just tell that they're short little people. Yeah, it was my head usually in the Honda. I was touching. Yeah. I was touching the roof. Are you making fun of my automobile? <laughs> Do I look strange the way I look when I'm driving <laughs> in my car? <laughs> That's the way I drive in my car. Hey, everybody. My head is boy. at look the at roof. Him. Blow the people kisses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, you know, you're talking about short, you know, you just remind me of something. You're talking, I was did talking you, did to I remind you of the 1987 mine. Nuggets? Because I hope not. <laughs> no. Not this time. Poor, old, poor Jeff. That's that's in store for next week's uh, podcast, though. Um, One day somebody will love you based on your history beliefs. <laughs> the uh, the nugget the not the nuggets. Damn just, it, Ross! Just like the nuggets, uh, never the, appreciated in his no, own time. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, I was talking about you know our mutual dating histories and stuff. And then he looks at me and he says, "Oh, you know, uh, no one likes short people." <laughs> And I said, what are you saying? And there's short people who have, you know, significant others. He says, no, no. No one likes short people. They're not like, So what? I always, always liked old uh, Brittany Murphy. She looked pretty short to me. Midget. I'm sure she's a midget. She's dead. She's dead. She, well, yeah. She could have been a midget. Shorter than now. She died shortly after starring in a uh, Tears for Fears video. Tears for Fears? Mm-hmm. Weird. What? That seems odd. Tears for Fears? They're still makes, around. Makes <laughs> music? Yes. Still? Yeah, well, I, I, yes, if I saw the video, yes. yes Songs yeah. from the Big Chair? Have you guys seen no. that? No. <laughs> That's way back. We're talking about going back in the 80s. Jeez. Have you guys seen my, my new favorite show right now is, uh, Flea Market Flips? Is it on, t- is it on currently? Yeah. Cause I can only talk about things that were on TV three to four years ago. 
<laughs> Which is why I brought up storage Netflix. wars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, be on the lookout for this when it comes out. Flea Market Flip, I think is what it is. It's on HGTV. It's just they have two teams that go to a, like these giant flea markets, and they have 500 bucks. And then they have like uh, the host of the show gives them three different rules. Like you got to pick a mirrored piece. You got to pick and they got to uh, buy something and then resell it. Yeah, they fix it up and then they resell it. It's awesome. I love it. Man. This it's is great. I've been trying to talk to Colorado Sports Wife into like changing careers to go into this. Me line and my of stepdad work. almost dove head into storage <laughs> wars. We were looking up. We found a, a storage locker place that was having an auction. Dude, they, last I found summer them up last, off by seven. I found some on Sunday. There was like four <laughs> on this uh, Saturday. Yeah, so like you know, you got to come up with a nice. Uh, you got to get a bankroll going. Yeah, and then you start flipping it and bigger. Okay, bankroll. you know what? I, I want to see. I want to see the Nate. Gates, you got to know the rules, and whoever has the most cash in their pocket, surely. I, I want to see Nate show oh, yeah. up in a gold suit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a pulls out a wad of cash from his pocket. Yeah. How much do you want for that uh soiled mattress? Yeah. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be buying a bed bed bug riddled mattress. Oh, that's the worst part, right? The bed bugs. Oh yeah. That's disgusting stuff. I remember a friend of mine in college and I, we uh got evicted from a house the third day we lived there. <laughs> Jeez, and uh, and that and that we had a huge party because we we, bought, we went and rented this house way out in well, your college. Yeah. We had a huge party the first night before we even moved in our stuff. My friend that night not only did we get evicted the next day, but my friend, one of our roommates, <laughs> was bitten by a rattlesnake that night. Disappeared for a week. We had no idea where he was. In the house? In, in, outside the next morning cleaning up keg cups and stuff. Oh, God. And he was bit by a rattlesnake, ended up going home and then being in the hospital for a week. Nobody knew where he was. <laughs> we were evicted, so we had to take all of our stuff to the storage unit. The first time I ever had a storage unit in my life. And every <laughs> time I see – and I don't think we ever went back. And I'm sure we auctioned off the storage unit. And literally it would have been the most disappointing storage unit you could have possibly bought. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because we kept the PlayStation, you know, we weren't putting that in storage. It was like no. that's coming with us, you know. It was just like old beds, <laughs> crappy clothes, and like a fake antique spittoon, which probably I'm saying I'm sure that was out front. I'm sure that like caught the eye of whoever's like, I see that they got a spittoon here, which means it could be a collector. Yeah. Jeez, I'm gonna be bidding on this, and I would just like to see the person's disappointment when they bid on that that storage unit. But uh, yeah, I was thinking about going to that business. I think I might. You know, I was just thinking, looking at Nate. He's totally Richard Hammond. <laughs> I don't know who that is still. Richard Hammond, Top Gear. Top Gear. Which guy? The short guy short who whitens guy. his teeth. Oh, yeah. Like you might guy. be. How tall are you? You might be Six tall. Two. Yeah, I'm like taller. Yeah. You and you're horses. definitely Jeremy Clarkson. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm James May. <laughs> and for those people who don't know, this is a fantastic show on BBC. BBC America in, in the United States. It is fantastic. Tonight on Top Gear. <laughs> Nate wears a hat. <laughs> Jeff wears a hat. <laughs> and we put a fat man in a reasonably priced car. <laughs> I've been watching Top Gear. It's a good show. I love it. It's, a, it's great. You know, the dynamic between the three is, is what makes the show less than the cars. Although I did gain a very large appreciation for Aston Martins Hell from watching yes. that show. I want to get one of those new Ford uh, Fusions that look like the Aston Martins. Jeff, when you make it into the uh, 2012 rap songs, you'll come across an Aston Martin music song by the fake Rick Ross. So you'll really? enjoy that when you did get you, to it. Did you see the uh, playlist that uh, Scott Stafford made for me? 
No, I'm assuming it's probably horrible. <laughs> it's actually very good. <laughs> For, from the man who listens to Drake, I will not take any guff. I don't listen to Drake. I don't know where you're getting this. You, it's crazy like, idea. yeah, it's like, you're, 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 I'm sitting in a Nuggets game with him. New Drake albums coming out, man. What? I don't think I've ever said that. Yes, you did. Just because I own one Drake album <laughs> doesn't mean I listen to Drake. <laughs> I think he was on a children's show in Canada. Who was Who's he? Drake was he on? Uh, you can't do no, that. that on... Tell me in four years. Yeah. I want to talk about him. Was three he? To four was years. he? Was he on? You can't do that on television. Something that was like Canadian. That. Yeah. yeah. What? It might have been it on uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, Alanis Morissette was on that. Yeah, show. Yeah, I believe that was it. Actually. Yeah. I think he was on that. Was that one where you can't say, uh, I don't know? No. You can't yeah, say no and you can't say slime. No, you can't say I don't know because the I don't know was the slime. No, no it was just no. Or it was I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You guys remember the old game show called Fun House with the kids? No. Really? Jeff, you're with probably too old for it. Fun House with the kids? It's, it's called Fun House. <laughs> it's called Fun House. Are you talking about kids. Pee-wee's Playhouse? No, it was a game show where kids like had to compete in all this stuff and at the end, you had to run through this fun house and grab prizes Nate, and bring them back. Today, I actually grew up with cable, so no. If this so, was on PBS, I wasn't watching. So how I don't about think uh, it was on PBS? How about how about Double Dare? Oh, oh hell Double yeah, Dare? Mark Summers. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, uh, this, this I think this probably we should get Mark Summers on the podcast. Doesn't yeah, he live yeah, down here somewhere? Yeah, he lives in Colorado. Somewhere. I just saw he lives the, in Littleton. Don't they have the, a Food Network uh, studio down here in Littleton? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I just saw that David Duvall lives in Colorado. Oh, he always lived here forever. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right about when he's. Turned into a, not a good golfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is there, a, is, is there what screwed him over is he started uh, working out and he got really weird skinny and started wearing those those tight T-shirts and stopped chewing. And they had like a tiny bit of a yeah. like, turtleneck to turtleneck, yeah. 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 And yeah, he had those Oakley blades. <laughs> yeah. Did, that guy was so awesome. Didn't he was he, like number two golfer in the world and then boom, dang. Well, yeah, I think he like imploded at the British Yellow Open or something like that. It was just some massive implosion and then he I lost it. I love Duval. Duval? Duval. Duval Dorel. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Duval at Dorel, I'll tell you what. Dorel. All right, boys, we got anything else to wrap this thing up? Well, right. I was going to talk about uh, my other new favorite TV show called uh, Hemlock Grove. You guys watch this? Hemlock Grove. This sounds terrible. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it next week. Teaser. Hemlock Grove next week. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Nate Timmons and I, not Jeff, will be on the South Stands podcast tomorrow night. Yes. And and for those who, uh, once again, did not know, I am part of the Colorado Sports Guys. And the Colorado Sports Guys is not just a Nuggets podcast. It's not. I'll have to check out this South Stands, see what that's all about before we get there. Until then, we will see you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.